Jimmy Fedmin here, your host for Irreplaceable Player Football Training on IPFT Podcast. And we have the whole crew here, including a guest, which we will introduce in a bit. But first, what's up, guys? It's your big man, Reese Cook, still here in the States with your boy Jimmy. And also we have... Aiden's here from the other side of the world, but <laughs> still made it. Man, we're happy to have you, Aiden. How are things over there? Uh, we're getting there. Getting along. One day at a time. Yeah. All right, guys. Our guest speaker here, this will be a third guest, actually, and um, really, really excited to have her on. Um, she has played D1 soccer as well. Um, she is the founder of Alpha Girl Soccer Academy, um, the author of She the Confident, um, loads more uh, widely widely known for her mentality of the game her confidence um shay haddo did I say that right yes you said it right <laughs> all right and then hey, i probably most, missed a whole bunch of things say it so. Right first, so that's good <laughs> yeah yeah shay haddo so um shay how have you been been doing well staying busy and just you know looking forward to finally like getting out on the field again and absolutely kind of getting a little bit more back to normal so yeah it's been good excited to be here Good, good. I like to hear it. Um, well, first, with everything going on, you know, I just want to back away from, from the world a bit and talk some soccer and then change the mood, you know what I mean? Get some, bring some good vibes here. So, real quick, to break the ice with you, Shay, um, I know a lot of my kids, they're into superheroes. So I just want to know, what's your favorite superhero? <laughs> uh, it'd have to be Wonder Woman, you know? Wonder it'd Woman. Have to be Wonder Woman. Yeah, she's, she is, I can't say the A word, but a bad A. <laughs> and... <laughs> she's just awesome and you know i like i gotta choose a, a female superhero so definitely wonder woman and i'm not like totally into superheroes i'm not a big superhero person so right go with her yeah aiden aiden what's your what's your favorite superhero superman oh superman yeah, i'm a superman guy <laughs> I'm, pro- I'm probably gonna have to go with probably iron man or four i'd say would be mine Thor, yeah, um, the god of lightning, god of thunder, thunder. Mm. I don't even know my superheroes. Say <laughs> Spider Man, Spider Man swinging and, and climbing on walls. Old it school. interests me. <laughs> all righty, guys. Well, like you said, so um, all the uh, return to play has been different. That's what we're going to talk about. We're just going to kind of talk about the tryouts and then obviously go into the confidence. And, and, and this is where your specialty will come into play. And, and I mean, I want to learn, I think we all want to learn as much as we can from you with a little bit of yeah. time that we have from you, right. Um, so, so first, obviously, you played D1 soccer. Where'd you play at? I played at Utah State. So, I well, I actually, uh, my first semester was at VCU in Virginia. Um, played there, and then I transferred to Utah State after my first semester. So, I transferred back to my home state because I'm from Utah. Oh, so, you so transferred? Finished my, yep, finished my career at Utah State. Okay. Nice. How did that go for you? Playing at Utah State? Yeah. <laughs> It was awesome. I loved it. I loved my team, my coaches. Um, I enjoyed my experience at VCU, but I'm really glad that I transferred to Utah State because I just love the university as a whole. Yeah. But I just had a really, really awesome experience playing there with, with the coaches and developed a lot of awesome like relationships of people that I still talk to. So best experience of my life, I'd say. Yeah. And I'm curious, what, uh, what position did you play? I played center mid. Oh, Aiden? Yeah, I was slow, but I was smart. Decent, <laughs> decent. Bet like me then. Yeah. Um, central mid, is that attacking mid, right in the middle, or defensive mid? No, a little bit more defensive. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. That's a long uh, Reese's. My, my book right there. He wishes. Actually, right. a center back, aren't you? 
defensively. That's my number two. Center back would be my number two. Really? Yeah. That's funny. Okay, and then um, well, let's just start with the first. I'll let you ask the first one. This was basically your question here. So, uh, so the first one I was thinking is what got you into that whole mindset, like focusing on the mind specs, the mindset aspect of everything. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, I would just say, honestly, when I was young, it started like at the age of 13, I really struggled with my confidence and I, and I didn't really have, you know, the tools or resources to learn how to be more confident. So what, as I was coaching, I realized that a lot of girls are struggling with their confidence and in the mental part of the game, like there's just not a lot of coaches and people talking about it. Yeah. And so I just kind of saw a need for it and I knew that with my experience and stuff that I could really you know serve these girls to help them become more confident so it pretty much happened like as you started to coach you realized that everyone all these younger girls are in the same boat as you and that you wanted to yeah. kind of give them a little bit more of like your side of it as you went through it all basically yeah exactly like when I talked to the girls I'm like oh my gosh you sound just like I sounded when I was your age like <laughs> wow. We say the same things, like we're going through the same things. And so it's really cool to be able to like use my own experiences and use like the stuff I've learned to teach them like how to overcome what took me so long to overcome. Right. Absolutely. Well, then with that on that, um, what would be the first thing that you would tell a coach, a, a freshly a fresh coach coming in um, and make, let's say first time coaching girls? I would say the most important thing is to be self-aware because a lot of times coaches aren't self-aware and they don't realize that the things that they say, especially to a female player, they don't realize how deeply it can affect them like going forward for the rest yeah, of their career. 100%. So like you, you may say something, you have good intentions, but the way you say something is totally different. The, the girl interpreted, interpreted, gosh, I'm having a hard time. No, you're fine. Interprets, interprets it a lot different. Yeah. Was that even I th- right? I think, <laughs> I'm burning it through my head. I, interprets. Yeah. That one sounds weird. Interprets but they, they will say perceive. They perceive it a different way Absolutely. than the coach is saying. So for new coaches, like, just be really aware of how you speak to girls and be aware of, like, how they take the things that you're telling them. And I know that's not, like, X's and O's or, like, added, you know, technique and that kind of stuff. But I think that's really, really important and something that – a lot of coaches, you know, can continually like get better at. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I think it's, have you ever coached boys? Just curious. I have. Yeah. Yeah. I I coached high school boys like three years ago. Okay. And I think it's just, and you are absolutely 100% the way the girls, um, they hear how you say it. Right. A lot more than the boys. The boys, you can say, you can say it. They're hearing what you're saying. The girls are hearing how you're saying it. And it just say, they, they completely read it. I mean, way better than they than a boy would, or way wrong than than a boy would. You know, it's just yeah. And I think for girls, they 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 like take everything personally, right? It's like, oh, like he thinks or she thinks that I'm not good enough, right? They they kind of take it personally. Whereas boys, they just like, all right, got it, and then they they go like play, right? You know, like girl girls overanalyze everything. That's one hundred percent true. Aiden, do you have anything on that? No, you're not here. I can't see your face. I'm like, no. Yeah, yeah, I think that that area of the game it's really like neglected even like at the higher level like you see players coming out like with mental issues and stuff like that and it's it's an area that needs to in the next few years be developed of i think absolutely yeah yeah and i just said i mean that that's that's it's not just the the teenagers i mean that could go on forever mental yeah 
And soccer is such a mental sport, isn't it? absolutely just with our training i don't know how many times i'm always asking them okay what were you thinking they miss uh we we set out you know our small goals for for our midfielder specifically to hit the passes you know hit their spots and you know i always ask them to stop what are you thinking to make the goal okay and that's it your focus on making the goal so bad why isn't it like i know i'm gonna make this and they watch it and they stop the drill for like a half second you know i mean everything moves faster more fluid and they come in and the more positive one in the the next set the next round the next go, it's just so much better. And it's just because yeah. they're not so focused on that small target, right? It's more positive. It's more broad. It's, it's yeah. I believe, it. I always tell them, like, it's borderline cocky, isn't it? Borderline cocky so, in our sports. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, awesome. I'll skip the next one then. Yeah, yeah. So going into your games, so I'm going to say, I'm going to go college. Going into your college games, what was your, like, prep for before the game mentally, if you had anything? Yeah, in college, I so I did a few things. I always like whenever we got in the locker room, I always like to dance and like let loose a little bit. Like yeah. that was my time to just like have a good time, let loose, and then like on the way to games, especially if we were like busing or like it was an away game, that's when I would really take time, like ten minutes, to like visualize before I played. So visualizing, um, that's some a huge thing that I that I teach my players to do is visualize. And once I started doing that as a college player, I performed so much better. I felt so much more confident and I was like able to control my nerves a lot better. So I'd say dancing, visualizing, and then after that, it's like right before we get to the field, that's when I'm putting in my music and like getting like really pumped up and Focus. amped up. So I kind of went like from a high down yep. to calm with my visualizing and then back up like right before I step on. The I love the dancing. I haven't heard that yeah. one. So yeah, then what, love, love that. What was your go-to song then? Or did you uh, have a to, to not dance, but to listen to, to get like pumped up yeah. was, um, are, you, are you guys familiar with Tech Nine? Tech Nine. I've never heard of it. They're kind of, never a, heard they're of, kind of over. <laughs> but it's a Tech Nine song. It's called The Beast. And it's just like a super like hard hitting. Is it just rock? rock? Is it absolute hard rock? No, it's rap. Oh, it's rap. Oh, oh Shay Hatter, guys. She listens to rap. It's a hard hitting <laughs> rap song. That's, yeah, I always listen to rap. Nothing else before like Lil Wayne or Tech Nine. <laughs> that was my, that was my uh, soccer hero, Lil Wayne. Right before, right before <laughs> yep, song. Yep. Gets, you, gets you every time. Right. <laughs> No, I'm I'm really happy to hear though the visual. So you said let loose, visualize, and then get amped up. And I'm really happy to hear you say visualize because we had a podcast uh, not too long ago, and all of us said visualizing, right? We all yeah, of- always thinking of a couple of things that will happen in the game yeah. beforehand, trying to make it a reality when it comes to that moment. Yeah, we kind of all went in more depth into that, and I'm happy to hear you say that too because I mean, obviously, you played at a high level, and. Um, it's more than just. I think it just means more coming from you as well than just three guys. Just three guys talking about sitting it. in a room doing a podcast. You know what I mean? So that's great. I love to hear that. Um, well, sweet. And what was the other one? On that one. Aiden, you have anything on that? Uh, I've got a question. Yeah, man. Hey, just interrupt. So by the way, you, man. Just interrupt yeah. us. <laughs> what would your advice be to younger players who are maybe struggling with confidence and stuff like that? Yeah. So one of the first things that I would always say when I get that question is the, to be aware of like the inner voice that you, that you use when you talk to yourself. So we all have this inner voice, right? And most of the time for girls, it's, it's, well, I'd say for everyone, a lot of times we talk to ourselves negatively more than we do positively. 
And a lot of the girls that I work with, that's like the first thing we go through is how can I be aware of the negative things that I'm telling myself? How can I be aware of that? And then question if those thoughts are actually true and then create a new empowering thought that helps, helps girls to be more confident. So at a very like basic level is to learn how to control your negative thoughts and think more positively. And then the number two strategy that I always say is definitely the visualization. Like I'm so big on that and so big on, on the benefits it has and not even just with soccer, but when kids like, you know, before they go give a presentation in class or whatever it is, I'm like, just go visualize. It's going to help you to feel more confident before you do it. And so that's kind of like on a deep level, it's like you have to look inward and you have to figure out what are the negative thoughts and the limiting beliefs that you have about yourself that's holding you back. And then like a tactical strategy I'd say would be visualizing. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So another one we had here is what would you say is a key aspect that you would say to a girl to help them perform on match day? I would say create a pregame routine for yourself to follow and like stay consistent. Right. It's the same thing. I tell them like when you, before you go to bed, you have a bedtime routine. Before you go to school, you have a routine, you know, it lets your body know, your mind know that you're about to go to bed, to go to school, to go play a game. So create a, a pregame routine where it's, you know, when you're waking up, when you're eating, you know, when you're going to visualize, like you, you know, what kind of music pumps you up, because a lot of girls get, get really nervous before games. So they need to create a, like a stable routine yeah. to help them like physically, like get ready but also mentally like get in the zone and like get prepared to like go out and compete at the highest level. So I would say pregame routines are really, really important. Absolutely. And uh, my question is, since you said you coach the high school boys as well, um, do you feel that it is more to value to girls or to boys um, with, with pregame routines? Do you feel like it's the same both ways? Do you feel like one needs to be more catered to or, or how do you feel about that? Just with no, both I mean, sides. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they're super important regardless. And I, I think they're just individualized, whether you're a girl or a boy. I think everyone's pre game routine is going to be different. Like one player might really just like to chill out before they play games and they don't need to be pumped up. Whereas another player might need like that, you know, someone to give them a motivation or the music or like, so we're all super individualized in how we need to prepare before games. So I don't think you can like differentiate like a, a pregame routine for a girl versus a boy. Right. Right. Absolutely. I like that. Um, and then what about then for parents? So, so we look, we kind of like to look at it from a player since we all played, we're all coaches yeah. as well. So we love, try to look at it as coaches and then we try our very best to look at it as parents. Um, so just uh, what advice then would you give? And we'll, we'll just run through Aiden. I'll let you go next. We'll just kind of run through all of us, but what kind of advice would you give the parent to help your child um, succeed in the mental or confidence game. Uh, let's say on game day, if they're just not, they had a real bad training session Thursday night, they have a game Friday evening or Saturday morning, you know, or what kind of advice would you give the parents to help their child? Yeah, I think parents, obviously, parents and coaches play a huge role in a player's confidence. And I think even parents more so just because they're there all the time. Right. And, and my, my parents, like my dad really affected my confidence a lot. Um, and he knows this, he knows that he wasn't good for my confidence. He'll right. probably listen to this. And he knows. Right. <laughs> um, but I would say like after games is, is a really important time, 
right? Like a lot of kids hate the ride home from games, the dreaded ride Absolutely. home, right? So after games, like if your player wants to talk about it and they want to analyze it, like great, talk to them. But if they don't want to talk about it, like don't force them to talk about it and don't sit there and criticize them. Because as players, we know that a lot of times we know what we did wrong. We don't need our mom or dad to tell us what we did wrong. So feedback, great, give them feedback, but you have to make sure you read the room. If they want to talk, talk. If they don't, just be like, hey, loved watching you play. Like, great work out there. Leave it at that. Go home. Go eat Chick-fil-A. Like, don't sit there and, like, talk about it all night. Okay. Chick-fil-A is a must, though. <laughs> every parent out there, Chick-fil-A, sponsor them. <laughs> Aiden, what I do you have on that? I reference Chick-fil-A in every podcast, I feel like, so. I'm <laughs> waiting for go. a sponsor. There you go. Yeah, That's say. the way to do it. <laughs> Aiden, what do you have on that, man? Yeah, I think that's really important, like, it's you see a lot of parents trying to live through their kids like I don't know how to really say it but I think the parents have to um let the kids be and it's up to them at the end of the day if they don't want to talk about things and stuff like that just let them be um and then they'll come around if they want to talk about maybe in a couple of days time I think that's important yeah. no, I like mm-hmm. that for sure I'd probably agree with you. I think the parents being the people that will probably be around their kids the majority of the time, they're going to have the most impact on a kid's mental health. So I think as a parent, they should know if their kid is like a very talkative person that they probably will want to talk about the game afterwards, maybe the next day. If they're not talkative, they'll, as a parent, you probably want to leave them and let them be and then maybe come back to it in a couple of days' time if they feel, feel like it or let them come to you. Because as you said, like if you try to force it out of them, you, it might make it worse going like further down the line. Whereas if you just let it happen in the right time space and then talk about it in the right way, I think then you're looking at helping them progress mentally going forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and I like that. We, I try to do a uh, parent meeting and I've always, I've always said, you know, during the game as well, try to keep it positive, you know, don't coach, just, just enjoy the game, right? Enjoy your child playing. And then I'm after the game. I've always, I've always emphasized uh, being positive, not looking at all the negatives. Um, try to only look at the positives if you can, right? Or if you do, just catch yourself finding the negative, find a positive, right? And um, but I've never thought about just not just letting it go, just not even bringing up the game after. So I really like that. I'm probably gonna steal that from you. Um, yeah, please meeting, do. So that, I don't decent. think I invented it. But <laughs> no, I mean no, that's. That's just something I haven't thought about. Because, I mean, yes. like you said, it is a dreaded ride home. As a player, I remember every game, every game mm-hmm. um, we talked about it on the drive home, whether that was in yeah. a 30-minute drive home or if it was like a two-and-a-half, three-hour drive home. We were talking about right. the game the whole way back. So Yeah, and at one point, like, if you don't want to hear it, like, the parents just wasting their breath because the player is totally mm. tuning out. Like, at one, you just – you just don't want to hear it. It's like most of the time, if I could go back, it's like I would have wished that we never even talked about it on the car ride home. Yeah, absolutely. I thought of some. I thought of some days like that. You just want to completely forget about it. But then some someone just wants to constantly bring it up to you. And you're just like, you don't want to be rude, but you're just like, mm, and you just want to put headphones in, block yeah. it out. I mean, just I keep them away for a minute. I know whenever he has a bad game, I'm always bringing it up. So you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm older now, so I can, I can take no, it a little right bit more. If this was years ago, I don't know. But older now, I can take a little bit more of it. <laughs> take it more more on the chin and not let it hurt me, affect me. All right, Evan. Yeah, I was I was always told growing up that um, the worst time to talk about the game is straight after, like when the player has loads of like emotions running high. 
just the worst time. So like, let it settle for a couple of days and then yeah. go from there. Right. Yeah. And like you said, you waste your breath. Let's learn something. Take some time, breathe, and then let's learn. I like that. Um, all right, Aiden, I'll let you take this one first, and then Shay, you can go on after. But uh, I want to talk about because now everyone's kind of returning to play. Obviously, the things are a bit different. I know back home, I just reached out uh, yesterday. They're not even returning to play yet. Um, but here in Oklahoma, everything's back. Everything's, everything's back going. We had tournaments already. It's weird. It's like nothing. It's like we never took a break. Um, and it, That's it is. It's, it is crazy. Uh, At least it didn't take a break. I think it was a break of what, two weeks, three weeks, and then – Everything started to open back up like yeah. it was never closed. It's ridiculous. Um, there was no slow return to play either, so kind of crazy. But what I am upset about, and and I'm upset, but I did it. Um, well, because there's no break, right? So tournaments are happening. Uh, Oklahoma soccer, lots of changes are happening here. So loads of clubs were um, being created, like two or three new clubs just in the city itself. Um, loads of clubs are falling apart, taking kids everywhere. So it's just been a big mess, right? So everyone's trying out. I mean, the first week that soccer was back, loads of tryouts. And I held back, I think I was like the third week after everything was opened up. And then there was the last Sporting Kansas. Y'all had it that week and then the week after. Yeah. So really part of the last two clubs really have tryouts. But even then, though, three weeks after return to play, that's not long at all. And what I was thinking was, we just had a three-month break. And we're asking these kids um, to come back and try out for a team. And... And give your absolute best, right? And yeah. compete against these other kids. And, and what if, what if, like, okay, Cook here, um, he had someone in his family with, with COVID, right? So he was legit locked down. The family wouldn't let him out, right? And let's say he's a better player than mine. Absolutely not. Well, not true at all. But <laughs> let's say he's a better player. But I, I didn't have that. Or my, my family allowed me to go outside and train all day, right? It doesn't mean I'm the better player. Um, it just means that I had that slight advantage for that little bit. So for that one day try, right? It might take him three days to get back in his groove. Whereas me, I was already in my groove. Yeah. Right. And I just don't feel like that's fair. And um someone that knows that they're real good, let's say they don't they don't make the team. Or let's say they didn't feel as great as a team. That could be a real, real big confidence uh, downer. You know, I mean absolutely tear you apart. So I was just thinking, you know what? What are y'all's thoughts on the tryouts things? How should we go about it? Obviously, I think Oklahoma's done it completely wrong. Um, or as coaches, even, if we can just all get together and kind of help each other out, maybe make some type of slow return to play. So, Aiden, Aiden, what do you have to say on that? Yeah, I think we discussed this on another podcast. And it's just everyone can have their off days and stuff like that, especially with what's just going on. Um, so, like, I think the tryout should, should be more than one tryout. Like so, whether it's over a few days, um, or rather than just one day for a try. Yeah, I like that. Shay, well, like you said, a lot of kids are are in different spots. Like from for like one of my players, she like her parents wouldn't let her go outside at all, and and we just are returning to play like slowly. So we were out for about three months, right? And so some players were able to go train in their big yard and they, their parents bought a Peloton and like that. Whereas some players, like they don't have a yard to practice in. their parents didn't let them outside. Like they had to go take care of their grandma or, you know, like they were struggling with mental health issues and they weren't focusing on soccer. So I agree with you, Jim. It's like, it's hard because it it's, and I know the world isn't fair, but it's, it's really not fair for these 12, 13, 14-year-old kids 
will have to like go out and compete and then you know maybe they get dropped because they haven't trained for three months and then like what now what you know so i don't know um what the solution is like i'm not in the really like club scene i i honestly stay away from it because i hate tryouts i hate the tryout (laughs) process but i know there's got to be a better way like i think what aiden said is you maybe with some longer tryouts or like i don't know if this is possible but what about like two tryouts like two days now and then two days the next week after like give kids a little bit of time to kind of get back into the swing of it a little bit um, so I, I don't know if that's even something that would be possible, but just kind of maybe spreading it out a little bit so that it can make the kids can start to adapt to being on the field again. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, that's so I just started uh, coaching a team here and that's kind of how that program started. There's a new team in the association with sport in Kansas and that's pretty much how they done it. They done boys would practice or try out on a Thursday. The girls would try out on the Friday and then Saturday we was there all day and everyone got a second tryout that day as well mm-hmm. and then because of a lot of clubs literally here starting up their tournaments and everything like that we lost a couple of players to tournaments on those tryout days so what they've done then net the following week they found out who could come done the same thing done the tryouts again on the Thursday Friday Saturday to get everyone else to come back and hopefully try to get more people to come to the tryouts but I mean I think one, I remember one of our players, I think one of his family members ended up getting COVID. So then for him, same thing, he's going to be stuck in lockdown. He can't really do anything because if it's one of his close family members, he's going to be stuck there. He can't train, whereas everyone else can get to train. They might get that little step ahead of him. And yeah, I mean, it is going to be hard for some parents and players to help get the best out of their players in this time period. Because as you said, someone might have a massive yard where they can kick around the ball and actually practice full on. Whereas someone might just have an apartment where they're in an apartment for three months. So right. it's, it's very hard for quite a few people, I think. But I mean, I'm, I'm not really a fan of tryouts, but I think at the moment it's hard for everyone, both coaches and players, to get through the tryout phase right now. Absolutely. I know that's how we ended up doing. Um, we did a Tuesday tryout, a Thursday tryout, and then we had another tryout the next week on that Thursday as well to give some break. But, I mean, like I said, I just think we kind of all did it. We had tournaments, games, um, and then tryouts, like, all within just two, two three weeks. Yeah. That's a lot like, to is. throw on a kid, out, like, right after, you It know? is, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had I had kids that were coming to train and still at our facility, and then they were saying, yeah, we got two tryouts, and then, oh, we're playing Saturday, too. I'm just like, jeez, yeah. like, your poor kid went from nothing to whew, everything, yeah, you know what I mean? Like. Days. My knees would be killing me. I know that. <laughs> My goodness. Um, but I th- I agree that I think that is the best way to do it is just by spacing it out. I mean, and I mean, if you are a player right now, listen, and you do have a yard, great. I mean, take advantage of it 100%. I know I've been seeing some posts on Instagram. I mean, there are some beautiful setups, soccer setups, like yeah. just phenomenal. I mean, like, um, you know, be proud of that, but be thankful of that, that you can even have that and then absolutely take advantage of it while you can. And for those of you kids that can't, I mean, all I can say to you is like, you know, try your best, keep your head up. There's a lot, loads of technical things, like little technical find, skills. Find enough space that you can actually do something, you know, find a nice yeah. little wall. Just touch just the ball. Nice, nice little area that you can have space to at least get something in rather like something's better than nothing, right? Absolutely, yeah. So even if it's just something very small, 
I'd say still just try to get that small stuff in Simple at least. Simple toe taps, some bells. Yeah. Love the ball. Feel the ball on your foot every night, and you'll be fine. So, yeah. um, But with that said, then, say you have a player then that, that is actually pretty good, and but she couldn't make the team due to certain circumstances. Um, what would your what would your biggest thing be for those players in, out there that, that didn't make the team that they wanted to make, for say, um, if they think they really deserved it? Um, what's something that you, you feel those players need to hear? I would say focus on what you can control, right? You can't control what other people think of you. You can't control where you're placed. The only things you can't control are your attitude and your effort. So if you want to make it to a higher team, like, yeah, this was a horrible situation and you didn't get handed any favors, but focus on controlling your attitude and your effort and work your butt off to get to the team that you deserve you that you deserve to be on, right? Or that you think you deserve to be on. Um, because there's a lot of things in this world, especially now that we, we don't have any control over. Right. right? Yeah. And so just doing everything you can, having a positive attitude, um, really, really, really goes a very long way. I like that. Aiden, you have anything on that? Yeah, I think they should maybe like use that as fuel to, in the next tryout, work harder. So for the next tryout, they get that opportunity. So you see that as an opportunity. Like I see failure as an opportunity to go and succeed. So I think that would be what I would say anyway. Yeah. I like that. So agree with that. I like that, Aiden. Wisdom. Okay. Awesome. Was that all the questions? Aiden, do you have any other questions for Shay? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. No. Okay, Shay, I just want, want you to talk to us then really, really quickly. Just tell us about your book. I have not read it, but I've heard loads about it. Um, I see it everywhere, so I need I need to read it. Um, but oh, but just t- tell us about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. So, yeah, I, I think it was like last year. I was like, I want to – I have never in my life like been like, oh, I want to write a book. But last year um, when I first started like thinking about doing all the confidence stuff, mm-hmm. I was like, I want to write a book. I don't know what it's – gonna look like I don't know how big it's gonna be it might suck it might be good like I didn't know I just I sat down I started writing it in October of last year so it took me like two months to write started writing in October and I really just broke it down easily like I started off the first part of the book talks about mindset and how to deal with failure you know, the growth mindset over fixed mindset, that kind of thing. And then I break it down into like very specific strategies that you can use to be more confident. So like in there is visualization, pregame routines, controlling your inner voice, like that kind of stuff. And then the third section of the book is more focused on like goal setting and leadership and just like being disciplined to, you know, be successful. So it's, it's really like easy to read it's um, very actionable too. like at the end of every chapter, there's like action steps. So you read it and then you should go do the action steps because, you know, knowledge without action doesn't mean anything. Um, so it's a really like easy read that like a 10 year old can read a college player can read. Like I just had two college teams order it. So, oh, wow. you know, it's, it's really relevant to an athlete of, of any age. Okay. Well, there you go then. And that is she, the confidence, right? The confident, yeah. confident. Okay, yeah. I need, I need to get that. I'd like to get my whole team that book, my club team. That yeah, book. just be, let me know. I'll hook you up. I mean, that is, yeah, for real, for real. <laughs> Do you ship to Scotland? <laughs> In uh, does shipping? Amazon ship to Scotland? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. If they do, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for 
Awesome. Yeah. Nice. It's a nice. Actually, well, because do you guys use? Um, because I can maybe there's like the Amazon UK. Does Scotland use that? Yeah, yeah, we use that. Yeah, then I think I think it would work. Yeah, there I would just go. have to do it through the UK Perfect. store. There you go. Yeah, I need yeah. to get that. But there you go. Then that, like you said, then that talks about dealing with failure as well and everything, huh? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm huge on failure. That's yeah. So I definitely covered that and like the the Michael Jordan story and um you know all those different stories of people failing and coming back so yeah yeah i just posted something on that actually on the facebook page so yeah but absolutely so there you go then i mean basically kind of everything that we've talked about inside that book huh is that what you're saying yeah Um, for sure if you're hearing this guys i mean go order that book um she the confident by shay shay haddo yeah like shadow twice in a day all right (laughs) All right, we're going to get a little bit off topic then really quickly. I got two more questions and then we'll say our goodbyes, okay? So the first one then is what is your favorite part about coaching or training? It's definitely the relationships that I get to build with my players, you know, online and in person. It's being able to serve as a mentor to the players and then seeing them transform. Seeing them transform as a soccer player is cool, but seeing them transform their confidence and their, like, self-belief is – the most like fulfilling thing you know it's it's why i do what i do it's awesome right yeah yeah and then what is um with trials happening obviously there are some states that are, haven't returned to play yet and everything so certain players haven't even gone to that tryout yet what is one thing that you would tell a player to, to stand out um with something that one one advice that you'd give a player gosh i have like six but let me try to think of we'll take three we'll take three i'll, I'll give you a few so one of the things, especially if it's a new team, is like go. It's very simple. Go introduce yourself to the coaches. Shake their hand or don't shake time. their hand. I'm like, like give them a an elbow, far elbow, away, yeah. elbow, whatever. But like, let them know who who you are. Yes. Right? If they know who you are, they're more likely to see you. Yes. Right? So that's number one. Number two is just like work ethic. So in between drills, you're jogging. You're jogging to get your water. You're paying attention. So just like being really focused and being willing to work because coaches like are going to notice you mm-hmm. jogging in between drills versus the player that's just kind of like walk in and taking their time. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing is don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't hold back. Just go out there and, and play because a lot of times players and tryouts, you can tell they're like, Oh, they're like so nervous and they're so tense. Yeah. Um, so just go out there and play because coaches like to see, you know, you give it your all. I like to see creativity. Yeah. I have to be saying, as she said, kind of like, uh, like effort is non-negotiable. Effort. Like if a player comes in and they, you know, give the hundred percent the entire time they're there, as you, as you said, a coach is definitely going to notice someone that's doing that compared to someone that probably gives it, you know, 70% of the time. They'll see the person that does it every time, a hundred percent of the time, hundred percent. I could, I would agree with that. Yeah. Any other thing you would, you would add to a player? To the player? Yeah, just exactly what's been said, really. Um, Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. That's why you're the you're the guru here, man. Um, <laughs> and you're number one, my number one. That's what I tell every single player. The first thing I always tell them is introduce yourself. Be, have a personality. Don't be a robot. Yeah. Have a personality because that's the only way you're going to get remembered. You know? Totally. Put, like, put it's so important. You. Like, it's more than it just the, how good they are, but their yeah. personality and how they're going to fit with the team is huge. Exactly, 100%. Okay, well, that's all that we have then for today. Real simple. Um, I'm happy that everyone that joined today, I know it's been our first one, and 
three months post quarantine yeah. lockdown <laughs> three three took a really really big break tried to figure everything out um so thank you guys for tuning in listening um shay you have anything to add yeah Any no questions? thank you guys this, this was really fun I, I really enjoyed it so thanks for having me on thanks again guys for joining us i know it's been a long time off but we're back now that everything's starting to open up again just want you to all say thank you to our guest speaker shay haddo the owner of an author of she the confident a mindset book and also alpha girl soccer academy as well she's uh, really doing some big things there and we were so happy to have her on the podcast today as we talked about the mindset and confidence part of the game and we'll see you guys next time